Take it. The cops look out there. Stand back. Ladies and gentlemen, Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Bipolar Teddy Bear. Ow! I am David Reed and my partner here, Cecil Fletcher. Today, we are going to go over another true crime uh, topic. crime. True crime. True, alleged, mysterious. Yeah, this one's going to be crazy. The true crime is the new gas prices. (laughs) Appreciate that. Start walking more, I guess. Yeah, luckily we don't. Luckily we don't have to drive for our jobs or anything, so that's that's always good. It's kind of a trade off, I guess. Yeah, I'll, I enjoy that. <laughs> so today we are going to be talking about convicted serial killer by the name of Edward Wayne Edwards. Uh, probably going to refer him a lot as Ed Edwards. Eddie, I like calling him Ed. But uh, Ed, I like to call him Eddie Wayne. Eddie Wayne. Yeah, that's his name, Edward Wayne Edwards. I kind of do like that too. Yeah, Eddie, Eddie Wayne. Wayne. <laughs> Man, Eddie Wayne was down there at the convenience mart. Yeah, that sounds right about for us. No shit. Whenever um, whenever I brought up that we was going to do this uh, to the co-host of Wearing the Folk, Henry and Jeremy. Yeah. I said, do you know who Eddie Wayne Edwards is? And they said, he lives down on Sexton Creek. I was like, no. They no like, way. <laughs> it's like, yeah, he lives down on Sexton Creek. I was like, wait, yeah, he does. <laughs> so that's a pretty nice it is a, name. It is a rather common name, but uh, this is probably the most. Well, and you know, the thing about this dude, he is, well, when you all get to, you know, we get into this, you're going to realize this guy was and may have had a hand in a whole lot of things but he's the most unknown yeah serial killer i mean i didn't know who he was when when cecil brought him up he's he's really unknown because technically by law standards and what is known known in quotation marks as you can see because we're going to have audio only soon so they may not see the Quotation Quota- marks. Yeah, we may have to describe our quotation messages. marks. Known crimes. He was still fucking a uh, pretty low down, dirty criminal, but um, he to knowledge he only killed five people. That's on the books. But we'll that's the confessed to and known of for sure. Yeah. But uh, Edward Wayne Edwards was born June fourteenth, nineteen thirty three. Uh, to Lillian Cecilia Myers, and um, she was a single mother, uh, was not married, had him out of wedlock, so he was basically what we refer to as a bastard. Nice, lonely bastard. And uh, by all accounts, uh, Lillian, Lillian, what is that? Oh, that's from Eddie Murphy. Lillian. Lillian, (laughs) she fell down the steps again. We watched... uh... What's that fucking one coming to America the other day? I haven't seen it in probably 20 years, and it, it's still awesome. Oh, yeah. It's a great movie, and they're remaking that. It breaks my fucking heart. The barbershop scenes are incredible. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, shortly after Eddie Wayne was uh, born to Lillian, uh, she was sentenced to some jail time for a larceny charge. She was working as a, uh, I guess, a housemaid for somebody, and took about a hundred bucks and uh the guy that owned the home found out about it and got her put in jail and a hundred bucks back then that was a good chunk of money oh yeah for sure so yeah but uh she served uh from uh, november 1933 until march 1937 and got paroled it was with his grandmother while she was in prison and this was of course until she was involved in a pretty bad car accident or whatever so he had to end up spending time with his with um his aunt edith on um so Lillian she was always the attention seeker you know she she loved the attention and you know did you, have you did you see a picture of her by chance 
No, I didn't. She was a pre-lady. Well, she really was a pre-lady, yeah. Um, you saying I would probably try to tap that? For sure. Okay. Yeah. She's a nice, young, voluptuous, re- renaissance a, woman. <laughs> voluptuous. That's, that's a good word. I like that word. Is that a real word? <laughs> it is now. Probably not. I like to make up words. <laughs> but um, Lillian, unfortunately, you know, she uh, suffered that rock and roll lifestyle. And she, of course, became a member of the 27 Club. When she uh, died of a gunshot wound to the stomach on August 8th, 1938. Um, They say it was self-inflicted. I have a problem with that. What's the problem with that? So apparently it was a rifle. Yeah. That would be extremely hard to, she would have, I mean, you would have to have long arms to, I mean, depends on the size of the rifle, depends on how long her arms was to get a rifle way out there. Yeah. And pull the trigger. I mean. True. Um, my rifle's not very long, but I, I get what you're saying. Right. <laughs> it, w- it would have had to been like a carbine or something, not a, not a good old uh, Kentucky long smoothbore rifle. Yeah. So, you know, so this left Ed as an orphan. Um, he was adopted by uh, Mary Ethel Edwards, who... um. That's where you guys' last name, and you know when I did the edit, when I did all these notes for this episode, no shit, I did not even consider putting his birth name on here. I, I've totally forgot it. I did too, because it's just Ed Edwards now. Yeah, it's Ed Edwards now. I mean, it had to be something like I don't know. Um, Was it Charles or? Uh, it don't matter. It you don't guys matter. can look it up, but yeah, you can look it up. We, we don't really care what his real name was. Yeah, it's, fuck that guy. It's Eddie, Eddie Wayne Edwards. <laughs> Eddie Wayne. But this uh, left Eddie Wayne with Mary Ethel, and you know she didn't have him very long. Um, so I'm assuming he was probably a pretty shitty kid. Well, it looks like in 1940, so he would have been, if his birth date is correct. Yeah. Uh, he would have been about seven years old when he got sent to the Parmadale Catholic Orphanage. So Mary could handle him for about two years, roughly, is what yeah. it is. Yeah. Um, before she was just like, fuck this kid. Now, this is where, you know, the sympathy typically comes in for children and stuff um, of these heinous killers and, like, just downright dirty people, like, oh, well, they were abused. Ed was no different. Yes. <laughs> um, he got some. Uh, Unfortunately, classic Catholic orphanage raising. His thing was he pissed the bed a lot. Like he he just continuously pissed the bed, and the whole time they he he was in this orphanage at the Parmadale Catholic Orphanage, um, the the nuns just physically and emotionally abused the shit out of him. One story that I found that was particularly horrific was one time he pissed the bed, and they tied him up to either a tree or a jungle gym or something. And had every boy in the fucking place kick his ass. Like, literally. Literally kick him, kick come him by in ass. a line and kick him in the ass. Kind of yeah. like they did uh, uh, Private Pile on uh, Full Metal Jacket. Exactly like they that. They all hit him with the soap bars, but they all came by and kicked him in the ass. Um, side note. Did that scene seem, from uh, Full Metal Jacket, did it seem oddly erotic to you? I got a little bit of wood, maybe. I did, too, because... Joker's like, I can't do this to my best friend. And then but he just wails the shit out of him. Wails the shit out of him, and he's like, mm. Like, I heard a, mm. <laughs> So. That's one of my favorite movies ever. I love that movie. Um, but, Ed, you know, he he went through all this emotional abuse and shit um, at the orphanage. Well, uh, around 1944, he decided, oh, fuck this. I'm going to bail. So, in 1944, he would have been, if you believe his age, he was 11. 11 years old. Yeah. So he um, he just fucking straight up dipped out of the orphan edge at 11 years old. Uh, during this time, he drifted. He was a drifter at 11 years old. He went state to state, you know, stealing shit, uh, doing whatever he could to survive, I'd imagine. Petty crimes yeah. and just... Uh, he, I, I don't really know. I don't know if he stayed necessarily. I mean, he went all over the place and then just like a preteen. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he did that for a while. He did that until 1948 when he was finally busted. Um, I don't know how they caught him. I don't know how they finally caught him. But he was sent to a reform school in Pennsylvania. 
Uh, so he just chilled out there for a while, you know. Um, but in 19, for he chilled out there for a couple of years anyway, and then um, in 1950 he was allowed to join the U.S. Marines. Um, because, so he'd have been 17. So he'd been 17 at that. No, in 1950, yeah, 17. So during this time, you know, he eventually went AWOL from the Marines. Um, during that time, he committed burglaries and arrests in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, that of course led to him being disarmably discharged. Yep. So, so he was not his military career did not last very long because he was uh, he was a Rolling Stone. Now, we're going to be going into this pretty heavy. This is the first episode. We're telling you who Ed Edwards was, what he's known for for sure during this episode. This is going to be a three part two or three part episode yeah um so pay attention to some of these key details we'll refer back to them but him going to the military the marines in 1950 then going AWOL and him being the person that he is I have a theory about that that I want to release at the end of the series and this is this is just kind of giving you all a backstory of where he came from what he experienced as a child and you're, you're obviously going to see a pattern here on his behavior. Uh, but in April 1952, uh, Ed was sentenced to uh, federal reformatory in uh, Chillicothe, Ohio. Chillicote. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but he got two years for... It's chili coat. Chili coat. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, put me a hot dog in a bun and put a nice little chili, chili coat, coat over it. <laughs> I will never forget that town name now. But <laughs> he got two years for impersonating a Marine and interstate transportation of a stolen car, which that part right there almost ticks me off more than anything that he impersonated a Marine because I hate those guys that do that shit like that. So this was not too far after he had already been kicked out for being AWOL do you just think he was just wearing the clothes I think he just kept some of his shit and he may have been using the marine uniform and I guess persona to maybe I don't know I don't know how you would say it but I think he somehow he somehow he gained an advantage out of trying to impersonate that he was in the military yeah that's what it seems like um oh no um and so this was basically, you know, the end of his childhood whenever this happened in 1952. What was he? He's 19 years old. Yeah, he's hitting 17. Yeah, he'd been 19 years old. So. Yeah. so um, and, of course, you know, as you can tell from him being a kid, he grew up to be an outstanding individual, didn't he? Yeah. Would you like to go into that? He had a, he had a lot of great, <laughs> uh, a lot of great hobbies, but. He constantly, and you'll see this all throughout his life, he was the epitome of a drifter. Oh, yeah. This guy never, ever stayed in one place for very long at all. Uh, after he got out of that, um, the chili coat, uh, chili coat, chili coat, chili coat, <laughs> chili coat. Uh, uh, uh. But after he got out of that, he uh, basically went around when he was in his 20s and 30s and worked, you know, odd jobs, uh, working on ship docks. Uh, he was a vacuum cleaner, salesman, handyman, all kinds of little oddball things. And But he still kept on with the childhood shenanigans. <laughs> <laughs> I saw you put that word in there on my note. So you decided to read it? Yes. <laughs> These are just, you know, reference points. <laughs> Evil shenanigans. <laughs> Say <Same> script. <laughs> It's like, if somebody says shenanigans one more time, I'm going to pistol whip them. It's like, hey, Farva, what's that restaurant with all the shit on the walls? You mean shenanigans? Oh. I'm so glad you put that word in the notes. It's, uh, that was me at 3 o'clock in the morning after about reading about Ed Edwards for fucking the last Five hours. six days. <laughs> I'm like, ooh, the little shenanigans. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> chili coat and shenanigans <laughs> chili coat and shenanigans um but ed you know somebody that's a criminal like that when they're a kid they're obviously going to be a criminal when they get old not always um well most of the time <laughs> and we'll get we'll get into something else interesting here in a moment but he was uh big he liked to steal stuff he was um got burglary charged with burglary a lot 
he got arrested in 55 one time and got charged and convicted of burglary and just friggin' escaped the courtroom. Yeah, just straight up left. Yeah. It's like, I'm bailing. You know, the thing about Ed that you're going to see, he had a way of getting caught, but he also had a way of getting uncaught. It's weird. Like, almost like he wanted to sometimes. He It was like he was apprehended and escaped on a whim every time. Mm-hmm. Not, I mean, maybe, I mean, it was probably very well planned, but he was not afraid to, you know, ditch. And no. it seems like he almost wanted to get caught a few times. And, but mm-hmm. he was an expert at that. Well, you know, the whole thing about it is like his mom craved this attention so much. And by all means, from what everybody says about it, he was a real attention craver himself. And it was kind of one of those things, um, you almost think that, like, you hear about these kids that uh, the only time mommy or daddy paid attention is when they were bad. Yeah. And they craved that attention, so they got good at being bad. Yeah. So I think that was part of his psyche, too. Yeah. And a key thing about this is, like, um, him escaping, he, he just straight up left his courtroom, like Reed said, um, on uh, March 9th, 1955. Well, he wasn't free very long. He got caught, and he was put into an Akron jail in Akron, Ohio, of course, um, on uh, April 28th, 1955. But guess what? He escaped again. He escaped again. <laughs> he just straight up bounced. And, of course, that you know, that was a different time back then. It wasn't as, I don't maybe as strict and nah. high-tech. High you know, but <laughs> I imagine it's one of those things like on um, Andy Griffith's show where the fucking keys are on the wall between yeah. the <laughs> Otis walk in the jail and just let himself in and hang the keys back up on the hook. That was kind of the way Ed Edwards was. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> you know, Otis was the only person on Mayberry that was married. Really? Yeah, and he was the alcoholic think about it shit he was wasn't he yeah aunt b wasn't married andy wasn't married no barney wasn't married nobody was married except otis and he was the fucking drunk <laughs> i'm pretty sure that uh <laughs> i'm pretty sure that opie was the first test tube baby i don't remember them ever really talking about his mom too much no i don't either it'd yeah. be a good thing to research hmm what happened to andy griffith's wife or sperm donor or whatever sperm that's carrier. a good question continue on with this i'm going to look do some research okay. <laughs> but, uh, yeah see see what you can find about that that was a weird tangent but anyway so sometime after he escaped from akron jail um ed ended up marrying a 17 year old uh who was simply referred to as verna uh verna was pregnant and according to Ed, and the reason we say according to Ed, because Ed, as you'll find out here in a moment, did write a book, uh, but the baby was not his. Uh, Verna, however, did marry him in October of 1955. And now I don't know what you're, okay, you went on a tangent on that note. Oh, but anyway, yeah. My bad. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, we've not got to the end. So then in 1956, um, so did Verna get murdered? Oh, there it was. Yeah. Yeah. Verna was murdered. Um, How um, did I miss that? Uh, but basically what happened was he married Verna and she was already pregnant, man. Um, and um, she, by his own words, the baby was not his. She got murdered somehow, but he said he didn't do it. Yeah, pretty much. And that come back into play, too. Um, this is one that there's very little information on. I think she was stabbed to death. Yeah. I couldn't find much information. But um, through two of the resources, it says stabbed. One says strangled. And so the consensus is stabbed. <laughs> well, then Verna's out of the picture real quick. And 1956, Ed got married again. And he married a lady by the name of Jeanette White. Um, We're not going to get into that much right no. now. Um, but Ed, Ed married Jeanette um, in 1956. Um, and he used an alias name. He did. He did not use his real name at all. He used the name of James Langley, which is a dope-ass name. <laughs> I was like, that's a cool name. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Reminds me of the CIA headquarters, Langley. Yeah. And but that's what he used James Langley on his wedding certificate. But uh, good old Ed, uh, he ended up knocking Jeanette up, and uh, that was his first confirmed child, um, Wayne Edwards, who later changed his name to Wayne Wolf. And so his first child was born 1956. Yeah. Now, um, not before, not before, not long before Wayne was actually born, Edwards was uh, caught in Montana for a series of robberies, like he would be, and he was sent to the Deer Lodge Penitentiary. Now, Montana, in remember Montana, that in Montana. Now, this is the thing: Deer Lodge Penitentiary is not a very well-known penitentiary, so keep that in mind. Um. Keep Montana and Deer Lodge. Deer, Deer Lodge Penitentiary. Yeah, because Deer Deer Lodge, like you, you know where Alcatraz is, you know where Leavenworth is, you know San Quentin, San Quentin, but you don't know where Deer Lodge is. <laughs> like, and uh, I feel like it's a place where not a whole lot. I thought it would be a place where not a whole lot of people like famous went, and I'd be right. I I couldn't find anybody else that was right. in that prison, so. Not a very high-profile prison. Yeah, and there's an interesting thing about um, Deer Lodge Prison, and they, 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 some would call them master leather workers. Yeah, that was their, you know, they teach these prisoners crafts and stuff, you know, supposedly to, to uh, give them something to do when they get released back out in the world, and leather working was the thing there. Now, um, I I watched a I watched a documentary about him. And he was such a good leather worker. Like, he could have probably made money off that because his he he made a photo album for his first wife, Jeanette, to give to their son, Wayne. And it was a leather photo album. Did you see the picture of, or the, on that one episode, that uh, talk show where the guy brought it? Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty freaking neat. It is nice, man. It's got a picture of, of Wayne on it in leather and it's so intricate like it's beautiful it's it's real nice it's it's technically a piece of art yeah is what it is um but um but while he was in Deer lodge prison Jeanette just decided to move right next door like they communicate with flashlights and shit they didn't really have they didn't really get like devoid of much time from each other but while he was in jail um Jeanette, you know, finally decided, fuck this. I'm bouncing. Bouncing. I'm done with this shit. And they ended up getting divorced in 1958. Yeah. So, July 1959, Ed was released from uh, uh, Deer Lodge in Montana. And he was taken to Portland, uh, Oregon, to stand trial for two armed robberies that occurred in 1956. And ended up getting sentenced to five years probation. Ain't that amazing? <laughs> like, yeah. he, oh yeah, he's just served time in prison up here. And he needs to come here because he fucking robbed two people, probably at gunpoint. Uh, five years probation for a guy that's never fled. <laughs> and, you know, I sent you that message talking about that. That's the reason that the three strikes and you're out rule law, whatever is a good idea in retrospect yeah because of people like this but sometimes it fucks people true true but you know and there's i was on a court case one time as a juror and uh this had to do and i was actually actually was the jury foreman nice and fucking narc this dude had not gonna lie i like being on a jury it's fun it is fun it's fun <laughs> i mean it, it has its boring moments but when you get into the meat it's it's tasty. Before you before you finish up on that, I got I got to tell you about this. I had to do federal jury duty, which is a oh, year. Wow. And I was in court one day, and I finally got picked. And I was like, hell yeah, I finally got picked. I'm gonna get to convict. And um, they hadn't let us see the guy that was on trial yet. And we walked in. And he said, hey, what's up, Cecil? <laughs> oh shit! I was like, shit. <laughs> I can't be on this one. Sorry. That's great. Hey, Cecil. Do you look standing up and go? Hey. I was like, damn. Like shit. 
Oh. Don't point me, I'm high as hell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. But this, this one that I was on, uh, the dude was like, had robbed a convenience store. Yeah. And we ended up convicting him of that. Well, they came back in the courtroom after that was over and said, okay, now we're filing charges for a persistent felony offender. And that's kind of like the three strikes and you're out deal. But, man, this dude had a rap sheet as long as my – well, it was long, okay? <laughs> and we ended up – this dude almost got life in prison. Mm. He ended up getting 40 years. So, yeah, so – but anyway, so yeah, let's oh. put Ed Edwards on five years probation. Yeah, I love I love sitting on jury duty, but I hate actually going like sitting on jury. I don't think I could convict. It'd be hard for me to convict unless it's like somebody that I knew for a fact hurt a kid or something. You know what I'm yeah. saying? If it's somebody that robbed a gas station or something, I'm like, yeah, I see, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you do desperate shit. I stole a piece of gum one time. <laughs> that was the on, that was the only crime jury I ever got set on. I've done some other civil trials really? and stuff like that. They're not as fun, but it is it is interesting. But getting out of work for that full day. That's right. <laughs> All right. So, so um after Ed was uh, so after Ed was uh, officially released on probation. Um, he just continued to wander around. He's up to the same old shit. He's, uh, not long after that, he got arrested for filing a false fire alarm. And, um, he was also, at this point, he was also questioning the murder of Larry Payton and Beverly Allen. Now, I didn't include it in this one. We're going to be going over it later because he never was convicted or nor confessed to this. And this is kind of one of the ones... That leads me into the thought of what he actually was on the on the next episode we're going to do. He was while he was being questioned about Larry Payton and Beverly Allen, he he got away again. Guess how he got away this time? Somebody called in posing as his parole officer. Oh, oh yeah, he had yeah. a friend call in, and this officially put him on the run again. Yeah. <laughs> um. So nobody knows really what he did. You know, between the few months. <laughs> that this took place. Did you ever find out the name of the guy that did that for him? No. Oh, man. No, nobody knows who did it. Well, I guarantee it was probably somebody that he had been in some prison with somewhere before. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, um, but, you know, since since he broke out of this, this time, the FBI was like, fuck, man, because he was an interstate criminal at this point. So he managed to make it to the top 10 most wanted fugitive list in um, November 1961. Hell, he'd already escaped from jail or prison or courtroom like, what, five times already? Yeah. But, you know, this is what's weird. They were questioning him in a murder when he just got, they got a call from his parole officer like, hey, turn him loose. And then he got put on FBI 10's most wanted fugitive list, not for the murder, but for the robberies. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's kind of odd ain't that kind of weird and yeah it's for parole jumping to what i'm figured right yeah that's all it was parole jumping so they had this guy they're like this guy probably killed these people and then he goes loose gets put on the must wanted list and they never bring it up again so edwards was later caught and he discovered that he had married again uh in 1959 to Marlene Harmon. And uh, he was caught in the apartment where him and Marlene had lived in Atlanta, Georgia, by Detective L.N. Bradley. Yeah. Now, this is pretty... This is another one of those keep-this-in-mind situations. After this, um, Ed was sentenced to 16 years to Leavenworth. Now, that prison, everybody knows. Everybody knows Leavenworth. Everybody knows Leavenworth. Uh, there's a few key figures that were in prison at the exact same time that he was. And we'll get into that in part two or three of this episode, of this series of whatever. And so, since he was in the slammer for 16 years, or sentenced for 16 years, uh, Marlene decided, nah, I ain't getting none, so he's in jail. I'm going to bounce, too. Now, this is the thing about Ed. So, we've we've went through two decades so far of Ed. Yep. 
in these two decades, since he's be, in these two decades, he has been a fleer. He fleed from the orphanage. He fleed from the military. He fleed from the courtroom. He fleed from jail several times. Several times. He fleed from questionings. He was a professional bouncer. Yeah, and he, I don't mean in a titty bar. He he would bounce any opportunity he got. So he got sentenced. He finally got his just sentence in 1962. They sentenced him properly to 16 years in prison. But after five years, I was like, "Nah, eh, fuck it. Let's turn him loose. <laughs> so in 1967, he got sent over to Lewisburg and then got paroled straight out of prison from there. Yep. And now, after that, he moved on to wife number four. Wife number four. 1968, he married Kay Hederly in Akron, Ohio. Uh, back to Akron. He was there before, mm-hmm. obviously. And that was his last wife uh, that he was married to until his big arrest. Yeah, now, I will give him credit for that. It took him four times, but he finally found the one. <laughs> he, was yeah. with for, he was with her for four decades. I mean, 40 years. Yeah. My opinion on that is, you know what? If you're married that many times, maybe you're the fucking problem. Oh, yeah, for sure. But, I mean, they were married 40 years. Hell. That's, that's a long time. Yeah. Uh, do you think it was fear? Th- or do you think it was just him I continuing think was, his cover? I think it was fear and maybe some complicity on her part. Maybe. Because, you know, there's no way that he... Even the crimes that we're going over today, the ones that are known of... That she didn't know something bigger was going on. Yeah. And, I mean, you know she had to have known about his past somewhat. I don't want to be like she's the one that did it, you know, but willful ignorance, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Just didn't want to admit the truth or. You know, I kind of see it now because at first I thought the same thing. I was like, maybe complicity. But if I was a killer, I could cut up a body in my living room. And my wife would go in the kitchen and, well, that's not happening. You know, yeah. <laughs> like, that, that's not real. <laughs> like, I'm going to go get my nails done. Yeah, exactly. No, I didn't see nothing. Don't kill me. <laughs> could it could have been a whole lot of things. <laughs> She's scared shitless or complicit or just wanted to turn the blind eye, lived in a world of unreality who knows yeah who knows i'm I'm gonna go ahead and give i'm gonna go ahead and give k the benefit of the doubt yeah and this I'm, I'm still i'm on the fence about her yeah because i mean technically when they were married he was gone a lot true he was a he was still a traveler because get this after um after he got married to her, he was a fucking reformed man. <laughs> oh, yeah. He went on TV and everything. This is when it gets juicy and so, um, I guess, what's the word I'm looking for? Hypocritical. Yeah, ridiculous in a way. Uh, he traveled He traveled everywhere. He, he, uh, he, left, he left Leavenworth as a reformed criminal. He wrote his book, Metamorphosis of a Criminal. Um, I I don't have that book. I wish I did. I couldn't find it on Amazon. Really? Yeah. I yeah, I found it. Really? Send me the link. I'm okay. Buy it. I, I wish I would have it before this, but I w- I don't want to say it was Amazon, but I saw it was on some site. It may have been may have been on Audible or something like that. He went all across the country, uh, speaking at church groups and you know who know you know I don't know NA meetings. Who knows all where he <laughs> went, but. Uh, you know, basically promoting his book, Metamorphosis of a Criminal, The True Life Story of Ed Edwards. He was on two TV shows, um, To Tell the Truth and What's My Line. I wanted to find the What's My Line one. I couldn't find it. I couldn't either. I found the, the to, to Tell the Truth one. I want to see that What's, the, what's My Line. Like, I do. I bet, because What's My Line was like a comedy thing, wasn't it? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. I want to see that. I wonder if he was funny. That would be <laughs> that would be so spooky, weird, crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that on the the to tell the truth, it's one where they bring out three different people and they all say they're the same. And if you ever watch the movie, um, catch me if you can. Catch me if you can. At the beginning of it, you know, 
I'm uh, Frank Abagnale Jr., blah, blah, blah. This is the same thing. Like, three guys come out. I'm Ed Edwards. I'm Edward Edwards, you know, blah, blah, yeah. Um, Now, the thing about the that episode he's on, um, you knew it was him, like, immediately. Oh, sweet deal. Um, if nobody knows, this lead with a cigarette backwards. <laughs> I've been awake for eight days straight. <laughs> Think I'm gonna move on to the next one. Anyway, go back to what you were saying. But you could tell it was. But if you were watching the episode and you didn't know who Ed Edwards was, he was blind. Because when they were going over to she did the other two were like the guy that's the host. He starts telling like a little backstory, and the first guy just looking at the host, <laughs> and the next guy's looking at the host, and then they pan to the third guy, and he's just like. Eh. <laughs> he's just like, oh that's the motherfucker right there <laughs> yeah that was that was like i was like instantly knew it so of course you know ed traveling around the world doing all this good stuff telling people how he's reformed probably probably in the vein of a tony robbins i'd imagine i wonder how much money he got paid like per I bet he made some bank. Well, yeah, man, because the church circuits and then going on the TV shows and the book release. And How ironic would it be that these church places were taking up donations to pay him? Oh, yeah, for and sure. And he was a fucking serial killer later. <laughs> <laughs> they were for sure taking up donations. That's what they do. Yeah. I mean, they played knew, around for our guest today. They knew he was a you know a thief and escaped jail but this uh, most of this they didn't know he was the serial killer yet that's crazy yeah and the reason we say serial killer is because you know the reformed man he was he was not quite reformed enough <laughs> while he was doing these press tours um on august 8th 1977 bill lavaco and judith straub uh, their bodies were discovered. Um, the couple was officially missing for a few days. Uh, Bill's car was found, discovered nearly 300 feet away from where the bodies were later found. And both Bill and Judy had died from single gunshot wounds to the neck. The bodies were later dumped in, the, in a wooded area of the park. Now, the cops searched for days. Um, they, they used scuba divers attempting to find a weapon nothing nothing was stolen so they knew it wasn't a robbery right no there was money and shit in the car the police had arrested a guy named bussin earlier the day on the charge of um holding an open drink so they think that he did it because when he got out of jail he's like i'm gonna go down to get billy now i'm coming back to get you he was pissed off he said that to a police officer yeah as one will do Bussin had been questioned several times by the police, but before their arrest and were very, they, and even successfully took multiple polygraph tests, and you know, he wasn't the guy that killed him. They assumed he did because he said he's going to. The thing is, um, this one right here, Ed confessed to this. Like, they didn't, yeah. they didn't ask him if he did it. Like, there was no indication. Nobody knew anything about Ed doing this crime. So this right here, this went, this happened back when he was doing his little circuit, you know. Yeah. yeah. So on in 1980, um, Timothy Hack and Kelly Drew, another couple. Keep that in mind. This is another couple. Uh, shortly after a wedding reception that they had went to at a place called the Concord House, uh, they were planning to meet some friends, and Tim and Kelly never showed up to meet their friends and reports from people said they left the house about 11 p.m. at night uh, Tim's dad found his son's car uh, old brown Oldsmobile parked at the Concord house and uh, but Tim was not there no signs of him anywhere his uh, wallet containing $67 his jacket his checkbook uh, all his stuff were still locked inside the car. That was reported missing on the 10th, then on the 15th of August 1980, investigators found Kelly's uh, tattered clothes on a road about three miles away from the Concord House. And then their bodies were found by a guy hunting squirrel. Uh, 
the next day at the edge of the woods. Boy, that fuck up a hunting trip, wouldn't it? Oh, you know it would, man. Like, I I remember when I used to hunt, and I was always like, I hope I find a dead body today. <laughs> like, that's always my number one goal. I mean, the worst thing I ever found when I was hunting out in the woods is I found a used condom, and it was like, oh god. I found a few of those, but they were all mine. Well, this was not. This was not mine. <laughs> I was like, you know, who comes out in the fucking woods to fuck? Well, I wasn't using it for that. I was using it for easy cleanup. Right. It, it works. It works. It does. Sometimes you got to do that. But so. In the woods, you need it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. So they found uh, Kelly had been stabbed and strangled to death. Yeah. Now, Tim, he was just beat to death, I'm pretty sure. I can't remember how he died, honestly, and I can't believe I fucking left out of the notes. I, he was, yeah, I'm pretty sure he was beat yeah. to death. Um, now, the eerie thing about this, their tombstones, it, they're buried together, and their tombstone literally says kidnapped and slain. Ooh. That's eerie, man. That's a family that, um, that meant something, too. Yeah. Um, to have it forever engraved like that. Talk about, and, and here's another thing. Think about the people that they were going to their wedding reception. They, they'll they never forget. Oh, yeah, the day we were married is also the day that those people got killed. Yeah, and probably for pretty good friends, really. Because from what I could tell, they were pretty good friends with a lot of people. Yeah, Ed was actually questioned about these. Ed being Ed. He got out of that. He left town. Yeah. Now, one thing, but after he was, um, after he was questioned about that, Ed, of course, you know, 1982, he was incarcerated for arson. He spent four years in prison for that. Uh, he was released in 1986. Uh, let's see. Now, this is what I found weird. This is one of the last bits of information I found, and I had to search this three or four times to see if it was true, and it is. Okay. So, on July 9th, 1993, Ed wrote a three-page letter to the FBI meant to committing crimes in 19 different cities. 19 different cities. 19. 19. But, of course, these wasn't found until 2010 from his personal files when he was already incarcerated. So, did he just write the letter and not send it? That's what happened. The thing, I want you to pay attention to that because the letter that they found... There was a situation in it where, and I didn't take this down, I don't know why, And but he spelled, I can't remember what it was, is either business or something, but he used double continents? Constonants. Constonants. Two yeah. S's. Two S's. B-U-S-S-I-N-E-S-S. Now, that's what I read on two of the things I found about it. It could be bullshit, but they said he used two continents in this yeah. letter. And he did it like what? three times in the letter or something yeah, like that in this particular letter but but i don't know if that to be true because i couldn't find anything that actually had the exact picture of the letters that's one of those letters that's in one of those uh government warehouses where they've got the ark of the covenant and yeah, shit like that and aliens and shit mm -hmm. warehouse 18 ain't it? yeah <laughs> all the stuff where the kennedy assassination files apparently have disappeared too yeah, Candy's brains there, motherfuckers. <laughs> so this, the reason that this is the one he got caught in is because his daughter April actually turned his ass in for this in two thousand nine. Yep. And so, having said that, because she suspected and knew and thought and said, "Hey, I think my dad did this," you know that what's his wife's name, Marlene? Okay. K. I think. <laughs> if, no, I That's K. But anyway, if the daughter had suspicions, you know the wife had to known something that had suspicions too. Yeah, because the daughter, this happened in 1980, and the daughter turned him in 2009. Um, and the reason that she turned him in is because she, I guess she started remembering like, oh yeah, you know, I remember dad taking us on an outing. And there were cops everywhere, and it was this is this fucking murder scene. Uh huh. He had taken them there, so that's another thing to keep in mind. He took his family to one of his murder scenes. Wow, that's yeah. that is fucked up. Yep. 
so after he got arrested, um, there was a thing. He adopted a boy. Um, I can't remember the year he adopted him, but he made him change his name to Danny Boy Edwards. Yeah. Danny Boy, the pipes, the yeah. pipes are calling. And from what I can tell, from 1980 till you know this happens, by the official records, he kind of lived a normal life in a way. Right. By the official records. Um, but he basically what he did was he adopted this boy and he persuaded him to go to the army to improve his character because it helped him out, you know, significantly. Um, (laughs) but Danny boy basically disappeared after, because he got injured while he's training or whatever and he's getting ready to be honorably discharged, medically discharged. Well, come to find out Ed had, uh. Decide that while he's in the army, he might as well go ahead and take that, you know, servicemen's group life insurance for $250,000. You never know what might happen right. in the army. So after Danny Boy got injured and it looked like this uh, life insurance wasn't going to pay out, Danny Boy turned up missing. Before <laughs> he got discharged. Before so he got discharged. They could claim the insurance money. Yeah. So Ed, Ed straight up. He said, I did it. And what what's so crazy about this is he did this murder and went back several times and picked up the bones and would stand in a circle and throw them. And the reason he did this was hoping somebody would find them so he could collect the life insurance money. He was sick. And if you get to wanting to research about Ed Edwards a little more, there are some interviews of him where he confesses about this. And just his demeanor about telling how he killed Danny Boy, it sends chills up your spine. Yeah, for sure. Um, so Ed, he was arrested on July 30th, 2009 for the murders of Billy and Judy. Um, he reached a plea agreement in the murders of Billy, Judy, and Timmy, and Timmy Kelly. Then on June 17, 2010, he confessed. Well, he was sentenced to death for the for the murder of Danny Boy. Right. Unfortunately, Ed didn't get what he wanted because he wanted that. He wanted yeah, the needle. He that wanted was it. that was the reason behind why he confessed is because he wanted the death sentence. Mm-hmm. But old Ed, he got to die of natural causes on April 7, 2011. Now, this is where the story should end. But it doesn't. And with that, you know. Not whatsoever. Not at all. Because we are getting ready to go into some crazy fucking waters <laughs> in the next episode on this. Right. And so that is your <laughs> life and times of the known serial killer, Ed Edwards. And you know, I'm just full disclosure i didn't include everything that he was known to do no 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 this is a this is just kind of a concise picture of his life and the i guess popular the ones we know he confessed to and the thing is that this is to show you that he would commit these crimes and he committed them in different ways he shot he stabbed and strangled and beat to death and beat to death and so this kind of gives you an idea of what he what he was like, what he was capable of, and how I guess he was to me he was so random and yet so methodical at the same time. Yes, sir. And so this will be the conclusion of this because I mean he's dead. He's dead now. He's dead. Yeah, there ain't nothing, there ain't nothing going on now. But we will be back next week with more with uh with the uh, I'm gonna go ahead and call it conspiracy, I guess. Right. Conspiracy aspect. This was the true true this, crime. This was the true crime part of it. And then the next but. is the conspiracy or like I like to always refer to conspiracy, the real truth. So make sure you check us out. Uh Cecil's the man that can remember all this shit about where we're at. Yeah, um oh yeah. Fuck yeah. Uh, check us out on Twitter at Bipolar underscore TB as in tuberculosis. Tuberculosis? Tuber- tuberculosis. I'll never be able to say that correctly. Ever. <laughs> Ain't <laughs> but, gonna happen. 
Uh, Instagram, you can follow us there if you want. Sometimes I log in there and check shit. Not often. It's uh, bipolar underscore teddy bear there. If you want to be a guest on this ep- on this podcast with bipolar teddy bears, me and Reed, uh, reach out to us through uh, bipolar underscore teddy bear at outlook.com. We have started a Patreon, but don't sign up yet. Hang on. Don't Hang do on. it yet. Don't do it yet because we ain't got shit on there. <laughs> easy, easy. Audio is coming, but I have to watch every episode that we've ever done again <laughs> to make sure it's edited. Yeah. And um, let's see. Audio will be on every platform when we finally get it up. Okay. Every platform. Um, we, we are looking into merchandise. Um, because I honestly, I just want a shirt. I do too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I want, you, uh, did you see the one, the thumbnail that, um, for the JFK episode with the bear riding into JFK's yes. limousine? I want a shirt of that. So yeah, yeah, that, that might awesome. be our first shirt available actually. So if you want one, we'll let you know when those are out. <laughs> you know, what would be a good, good one too what? is to put the bear on a shirt holding the Tartaria flag. That would be awesome. Speaking of which. Speaking of which, um, after this series is done, we are going to be having Mr. Andrew Booth back. And that episode is going to be like the Super Bowl because we are going to be discussing a very controversial topic. We are having a panel discussion. It's more like a me and Mr. Booth versus... Mr. Henry Tolley and Jeremy Foreman from Wearing the Folk. And, and I get to be the referee. <laughs> he gets to be the referee. I'm so pumped up about that. It's episode. probably going to be a real civil conversation, honestly. <laughs> but, no, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ag it on. I'm going to be like a little kid, like, kick him in the nuts. Uh, Jeremy has uh, has already got his whole setup for it. I'm not going to lie, it's pretty good, even though he's using a fake image for it. <laughs> I swear I think I'm gonna buy I'm gonna go get an umpire shirt and, and a, one of the umpire hats and the whistle and stuff and wear it as the moderator. I can't wait. I can't wait to talk to Andrew again too. Yeah. It's gonna be fun. Not spoke to him in a while. He's our super fan. I'm a super fan of Andrew. <laughs> and so um you know the you know the stick. Um thank you for watching us. So make sure you tune in to the next episode. And again, thank you for watching us because we're watching you.